Welcome to the Eastridge Church South Campus Podcast. We bring to you the message portion of our Sunday services in a convenient podcast form. You can listen on your way to work, during your lunch break, or even during your workouts. We want to put tools in your pocket to help you throughout the week. If you would like to find out who we are or what we are about, please visit us at eastridge.church. All right, let's go. Fighting, fighting, fighting is the only thing that happens when you try to prove to everyone else that you're right. Bickering about if two plus two equals four because it makes you feel good. And I'm not trying to be harsh, but after a fight over which apple is yours, does it really make you feel good? Yeah, in the moment you feel great, you feel like you have the power and you know you're right. But when you lay your head down to go to sleep at night, did it really change you to be a better person? I don't know about you, but every time I lay my head down to go to sleep at night, I think about how stupid I was to fight over that. Jesus was right every single time, but he never proved himself through a fight. He always proved himself through love. And trust me, I know it's hard because I love to be right. Until I realized I put another person into depression and I let Jesus down once again, making them feel like they are nothing and no one loves them because I'm too worried about being right. And before I could apologize, it was too late. They decided it was their time because the world sucks anyways. Why go through all the stress, all the fights, all the nights laying in bed wishing for someone to love them when they know it won't happen because I'm too worried about being right. They couldn't see Jesus through me, so they didn't see Jesus loving them. Now do you understand me? This is happening every single day because people know too much about being right than loving. People know too much about being proved wrong than being loved. Maybe if we took our minds off the so-called golden prize of being right, we might actually find the golden prize of saving someone's life, just like Jesus saved us. Stop trying to prove to your spouse that you make the most money and keep the family alive and said that every time you bring it up, it brings the family apart. But that doesn't matter because I'm right. And I'm not just preaching to you, I'm preaching to me too because this is me. Sometimes I'm more focused on being right than making sure my family's not suffering because it's so-called feels good. But now I'm starting to understand it doesn't feel good. Stop focusing on being right and start focusing on love because it can change someone's life. Thanks, Lizzie. Lizzie is one of our high school students, and she wrote that. And uh, she is a... I'm going to embarrass her really good right here. She just got um, selected all-region basketball for Eastside High School and um, averaged over 16 points a game. Yeah, super talented. But I could take her anyway. <laughs> you would like to see that, wouldn't you? Yes. So glad you're here today. And we are continuing our series called Reset, where... Each message starts with the prefix R-E, and I won't take you through the whole series. Um, we're almost at the end of it, but I will say that if you miss some of the messages, and they have been great, uh, you don't even have to listen to me. Uh, you can go listen to the online message, or you can listen to the East Campus message, but if you missed any of them, 
you can go to eastridge.church and those resources are there and would love to have you catch up and, and see what's going on. Um, what's the worst thing you can do to somebody? I saw a thread on social media where that question was asked and I was intrigued by it. So worst thing you can do to somebody and here were some of the top answers. It was to ignore to use, to take for granted, to lie to, to steal, to betray, to abuse, to kill. And what was interesting about the thread is that when people gave their answers, they shared their story of hurt to total strangers. This was done to me. This is what happened to me. They lied to me. I felt betrayed. I was used. And we all carry a story of hurt. We do. We all carry a story of hurt. You don't get through this world without having some sort of hurt. And... The hard part is, is that you'll be hurt again, too, going forward. Nobody gets through this world without being hurt in some way. I was talking to someone a, a few months ago, not from the church, and they found out I was a pastor. And immediately, they told me their story of hurt. And it wasn't, it wasn't complaining like, you know, somebody cut me off in traffic. And if that's your story, I'm not minimizing that too much, maybe a little bit, but man, I was floored. And I found about my stories of hurt that I carry things that were said to me, things that were done to me. but also things that I've said and things that I've done. See, we all carry a story of hurt, of hurting, being hurt, and hurting others. Well, here's the question of the day is, what do you do with a person that has caused you pain? What do you do with that person? Get even? That sounds good, doesn't it? About to put one on you right here. Pretend it didn't hurt. Sticks and stones break my bones, but names will never hurt me when you know they do. Self-medicate. That's a lot of our go-to. And the thing about those is that they don't work. We can do those things, but they don't work. You see, a hurt that has never been reconciled. And we're going to talk about reconciliation today. Hurt that never been reconciled is a weight that we carry. We just carry it around. Listen, we carry around this weight of an unresolved hurt. And you carry it wherever you go. It's part of you. There's no getting rid of it. Now, you may sit it down for a little bit when you're sitting down, but every time you go somewhere, every time you do something, it is with you. It affects you. Listen, it affects you spiritually. It affects you mentally. It affects you emotionally. And listen, at times, it affects you physically. 
because it is just simply a weight that we carry around. What if I told you there's another way that you can drop the weight and it's called reconciliation, reconcile. The word reconcile means to restore to friendship or harmony. And I know as, as soon as I put that on the screen, everybody goes, man, that's not going to happen. To restore to friendship or harmony, to settle or resolve, to make compatible. And today, I just want to look at how we can look to reconcile some of the hurts that we have. How we can make them compatible at the minimum. How we could possibly restore to friendship or harmony at its best. And there's a scripture here that's going to kind of be the basis of the message. And it says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, now, this is what happens when we get hurt. We always think about the other person. We always think about the other person. As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. That's the goal. Well, let's talk about how difficult that is. That sounds great, doesn't it? But you play that out in the real world, it's tough. It's very difficult. And here's what I love about the Bible. You're gonna, we've been walking through Genesis, and you're going to hear a story of some really messed up, dysfunctional people. And what I love about that is because when we come into church, we kind of look nice, and we look like we got it together. And so we think that everybody in the Bible had it together. When you read the Bible, it was full of people who don't have it together. And you're going to hear the story of Jacob and Esau. And I'll tell you just a little bit about it, that Jacob is, is kind of a mama's boy. He, he is favored by his mom. And Esau's, how can I say it? He, he, he's a, like a manly man that his dad loves. He loves to hunt and fish and everything like that. And Jacob doesn't like to do those things. And so they're divided. The family's divided. And you're going to see a scheme. You're going to see betrayal. You're going to see lying going on here, all going on. And you're going to see hurt. And at the end of the story, you're going to see reconciliation. But let's talk about it for a second. Reconciliation is usually not the first response of the hurt, first response of the hurting. When you're hurting, the first thing you're not going, let's let's fix this. You're not. When you're hurting, man, you want to smack somebody, you want to punch somebody. I've told you this before, but when in the household I grew up, that when somebody got in trouble, I had two brothers, when somebody got in trouble, that if nobody claimed or uh, volunteered that they were the one that did it, everybody got spanked. Well, I was always the one that got in trouble. And so I could get a spanking by myself or we could all get spanked. And so we would all get spanked a lot. She goes, oh, Mom, I can remember my mom and dad go, you know, if somebody doesn't say it, I'm going to spank all of you. I was like, line it up, boys, because <laughs> we're about to get it. Well, at that moment, my, my brothers, they didn't love me. You know, they weren't thinking, let's reconcile. You know what they're thinking? We're going to kill you. I had an older brother. He, I know he was thinking, I'm fixing them. When they leave this room, it's going to be on. Look at the story right here. Now, Esau exclaimed, no wonder his name is Jacob. I told you last week the word Jacob means deceiver. And it's funny how you live up to your name, isn't it? We talked about this last week. The more you name yourself, the thing that you are, the more it becomes your life. 
Like if you name yourself, I'm a sinner or a failure, the more that just seems to play out in your life. Jacob is named deceiver, for he has now cheated me twice. Now here's what happened. That uh, they had in that day, they had the birthright and the blessing. The birthright was given to the, usually given to the firstborn, and he got a double portion of the inheritance. Got a double portion. Got double what everybody else got. So this is pretty big. And then the blessing that you're going to hear about today is, is that that was what the father gave, which was kind of, it was the favor of God in your life. He says, he has cheated me twice. First, he took my rights as the firstborn. Now, Esau played a part in this because he was really hungry. And Jacob said, I'll give you something to eat if you give me your birthright. And Esau said, okay. He wasn't the smartest guy in the world. But his brother still kind of played into this whole deceiving thing. And now he's stolen my blessing because here's what happened. They dressed up Jacob to look like Esau. His father was very old, couldn't see, dressed him up and, and, and made him smell like dead animals and brought him in there. And his father blessed Jacob instead of Esau. They lied they schemed, they betrayed, and so he got the blessing and the birthright. And Esau is upset. He says, oh, haven't you saved even one blessing for me? He's talking to his dad. And Isaac said to Esau, I've made Jacob your master. Ah, listen to that. The younger brother's the master. Stole his birthright and his blessing. And have declared that all his brothers will be his servants. I have guaranteed him an abundance of grain and wine, what is left for me to give you, my son? And Esau pleaded, but do you have only one blessing? Oh, my father, bless me too. Can you see this playing out, this dysfunction? Man, you gave it to him. What do you got for me? And then Esau broke down and wept. And finally, his father Isaac said to him, you will live away from the rich, richness of the earth and away from the dew of the heaven above. And you will live by your sword, and you will serve your brother. But when you decide to break free, you will shake his yoke from your neck. From that time on, Esau hated Jacob because their father had given Jacob the blessing. And Esau began to scheme, I will soon be mourning my father's death, and then I will kill my brother Jacob. Now let me ask you this. You ever been there? But you, man, you were so upset. You were hurt so bad. You had all these emotions and everything going in your mind. Like, I will get them back. I will pay them back. I'll never forgive them. I'll take this to my grave. I do not want to, to reconcile. And the truth is that we all carry that weight. I'm not going to reconcile. It's right there. I'm not going to reconcile. I, I, I know I should lay this down. I know it's hurting me. I know it's always on my mind. It's taking my emotional energy, my mental energy, my spiritual energy. But I, I don't want to put it down because if I put it down, they're going to win and I'm going to lose. I don't want to reconcile. It's the furthest thing from my mind right now. You don't know, Gary, what they did to me. You're right. I don't. I have no idea. I have no idea. And some of you carry some deep hurts. And I know the last thing you want to do is reconcile. But reconciliation is often on our minds. It is. It's often on our minds. If you've hurt somebody, 
I guarantee you, you think about it. And if you've been hurt, I guarantee you, you think about it. And you wish, you hope, you, 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 we all dream of this perfect world. We dream of heaven where there's no betrayal. There's no using. There's no taking for granted. There's no lying. There's no, it's what, like Lizzie talked about. It's just simply love where we love. That's what we want. Now, I've, I've told you as a pastor, I've hurt some people's feelings. I, I've said some things I shouldn't have said. I've done some things I shouldn't have done. I didn't intentionally go out to hurt people, but it's happened. I, and I remember years ago that I preached a sermon. We had one campus. This was probably 10 years ago. And following that message, the following Monday, which is a tough day for pastors, I'm just being honest with you, because we're, you know, things are either, most pastors want to quit on Monday. They just do. It's either a great day where man, or it's a day where like, man, I need to, I need to bag groceries. And someone came to me and they had a critique for my sermon that last Sunday. And I didn't receive it well. I'd love to tell you, I went, thank you so much. You, you know what? I, I needed that. I needed your, you know what I basically said? That's what you think. That's what you think. I remember exactly what I said. Listen, I can remember what I said exactly. You know what I said? Listen to this, how arrogant this was. I said, your problem's not with me. Your problem's with the Bible. I remember the exact words came out of my mouth. And every time I saw this person, there's a weight there. Because I was a jerkwad. Is everybody with me on that? You fast forward to last year carried this for a long time, and I know you're going to get that small, but listen, small hurts add up over a while. They do. It's not always the big ones. It's just a lot of little dings here and there. It's kind of like your car. It's new, but after a while, it's kind of dinged up. A few shopping carts here, a few curbs there. I'm serious. And I told the person, hey, look, I want to talk to you. I saw him, so I, want to, I brought it up. I don't even know if it even bothered them, but it bothered me. I knew it was wrong. I said, look, I want to apologize. I was, a, I was a jerk. I shouldn't have done that. Look, I dropped the weight. You know why? Because reconciliation is always on our mind. Listen, it's always on our mind if we've been hurt, and it's always on our mind if we've hurt others. That, that very few people, you can get to the place in your life where um, you, you can get cows to it, but it takes a long time to get there. That it's always, even when you don't respond Look at the scripture right here. I want you to see this. Just that I'm not, it's not just me saying it. And I want to say this before we jump to the scripture. Some of the deepest hurts are hurts that you've gotten from the church. And I want to apologize. Well, I remember the first series we ever did in this building. The first series when we opened this building, we did this series called I Don't Like Church. Because we knew we were going to have a lot of guests. And one of, the, one of the messages was, I don't like church because I've been hurt by the church. And I don't know what's happened to you, what's been done to you. And it may be me. It may be somebody else. It may not have been this church. But I know it's a deep hurt. And I want to say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that happened to you. Because it seems like when it happens from the church, you're like, I don't know where else to go. 
I don't know what else to do. These are the people that I trusted. But I also want to push you to reconcile. Look at the scripture here. Then Jacob prayed, and Jacob's having this moment where he's about to meet Esau, and he's scared to death. And you're going to read this and think, well, sure, Jacob wants to reconcile because he's going to get killed if he doesn't. But I want you to see, it says, Oh God of my grandfather Abraham and God of my father Isaac. Well, Lord, you told me return to your own land and your relatives. And, and, and Jacob's saying, hey, I'm doing what you told me to do. I'm doing what you told me to do. And you're putting me in a position here that I'm going to be vulnerable. And you promised I would treat you kindly. And I'm not worthy of all the unfailing love and faithfulness you have shown to me. And don't we say this, Lord, thanks for all you've done in my life. Thanks for you doing them. your servant. And when I left home and crossed the Jordan River, I owned nothing except a walking stick. Now my household fills two large camps. And he's just talking about, God, you've blessed me, and I, I'm grateful. And we say that as followers of Christ, you've blessed me, but we still got this reconciliation issues that we carry around with us. He says, oh, Lord, please rescue me from the hand of my brother Esau. I'm afraid that he is coming to attack me along with my wives and children. But you promised me I will surely treat you kindly and multiply your descendants until they become as numerous as the sands along the seashore. And Jacob immediately goes back to the promises of God. Too many to count. And here's the crazy part is that you read that and you go, yeah, sure, Jacob wants to reconcile because he's he benefited everything. But here's what you're going to see in just a second. That Esau wanted to reconcile too. That behind every hurt, whether you've caused the hurt or you've been hurt, Deep down, we often think about reconciliation. I wish I could drop this weight. I wish that we could make this right. I wish we could be compatible. I wish when I saw this person, I wouldn't have this thing where I just feel like it's just, ugh. You know, when you, you know what I'm talking about. When you see them, you just wish it was gone. And sometimes that's difficult because we can't just fix everything. And that's why the scripture says, if possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with all people. That What is your part? in reconciling with those that have hurt you? What is your part in reconciling with those that you've hurt? Because it's never going to go away. I'm telling you, you'll take it to your grave and it'll affect you spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically until you drop the weight. Which leads me to the last part. Reconciliation is the work of a supernatural God. This is what God does. And see, here's the thing. We want to be reconciled with God. We do. We want God to forgive us. We want all those blessings in our life. We want him to take care of us and everything like that. And here's what I want you to hear today. He's done all that through Jesus Christ, not because you're so good, not because I'm so good. It's because he loves us. You didn't earn it. You didn't earn any of his reconciliation. When he went to the cross and paid the penalty for your sins and my sins, you didn't earn any of it. He gave it to you. He was willing to reconcile with you. You hurt him by the way you live. We still do. Is anybody here not hurting God by the way they live sometimes? And he still chooses to reconcile to us 
He is in the reconciliation business, not only between him and us, but between us and other people. Look at the scripture here. That man, these two guys that one wanted to kill the other, this dysfunctional family that they come together and you think it's going to be this clash and they're going to fight and yeah, Jacob's going to get his and Esau's going to pay back and it's going to be great. And then Jacob looked up and saw Esau coming with 400 men. So he divided the children among Leah, Rachel, and his two servant wives. And he put the servant wives in the front. What a guy. You know what I'm talking about? What a brave man right there. And then Leah and her children next, and Rachel and Joseph last. And then Jacob went on ahead. As he approached his brother, he bowed down to the ground seven times before him. And look at this. Then... Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and threw his arms around his neck and kissed him, and they both wept. Now, I don't know what was going on in Esau that he wanted to reconcile with his brother. He'd had everything taken from him. His birthright, his blessing. His brother was going to be superior to him. But he wanted to reconcile he wanted it to be right. He wanted to drop the weight. Carry the story a little bit further. But Jacob insisted. Jacob was wanting to give him these gifts, and Esau said, no, 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 I don't need it. Jacob insisted, no, if I found favor with you, please accept this gift from me. And what a relief to see your friendly smile. I want you to catch this. It's like seeing the face of God. I want to share this with you. You never look more like Jesus Christ than when you forgive. It is the most Christ-like quality, especially to forgive those who may not even ask for it, who don't deserve it, who've hurt you deeply. There's no more Christ-like quality than you and I choose to reconcile. I'm going to make compatible or you know what? I'm going to look for a miracle that we're going to be friends again. I read a story from Prison Fellowship about Joe Avilla and Amy Wall. Amy Wall was a teenager. She was coming home one evening. And Joe Avilla, uh, Joe Avilla had been drinking and driving. And the car swerved and he killed Amy Wall. And he went to prison. And in prison, he got his life back together, accepted Christ. And he had this dream of one day being able to reconcile with their family. That sounds crazy, doesn't it? Like, man, there's no way. Well, finally, he got out of prison. And after he got out of prison for, I think it was a year or two, He received that her brother wanted to meet him. And he reconciled with her brother. And then her father met with him. And when her father walked through the door, he hadn't even met him, hadn't even laid eyes on him, walked through the door, he looked at him and said, I just want you to know I forgive you. And then finally, he met with her mom. And the story says that 
he went over to their house, watched videos of Amy, and she got to tell, the mom got to tell Amy's story and everything. And then finally reconciled with her mom. And unbelievably so, they're friends. And Joe works for Prison Fellowship now. See, reconciliation isn't something you can do by yourself. It's the work of a supernatural God who helps us to forgive, helps us to love. So, what are you doing with the person who's hurt you? What are you doing with that hurt? Are you burying it? You self-medicating? You acting like it didn't happen? When all along you're carrying this weight and you want to drop it, it's, it's, it's hurting you. What if you took this verse to heart? If it is possible, as far as it depends on me, I'm going to live at peace with all people. I'm going to try to reconcile. I don't know what that looks like. It sounds messy, doesn't it? I'm going to try to reconcile. Well, reconciliation is a process. It's not something that you're going to fix today. You may make a commitment today, but it's not something you fix today. So how do you start this process in your life? You need Jesus. I'm just telling you, you need Jesus Christ. He's in the reconciliation business. He has reconciled you and I to God, even though we're sinners, even though that we deserve to go to hell. He sent Jesus, took our place, reconciled us through the cross because he loves us. You need Jesus Christ. And then the second thing is you need help. Here's what I want you to, you're not going to believe me on this, but you may not be able to do this by yourself. You may need other people. And I, we hate that part, don't we? I don't want to, uh, I don't want to talk about my hurts and, uh, you know, let me tell you a couple of resources. Maybe you need to go to a counselor. I've been to a counselor. There's nothing wrong. I think everybody needs a good dose of counseling from time to time. Maybe you're going to need to go to a counselor. But let me tell you about a resource that's free. It happens every Thursday night. It's called Celebrate Recovery. It meets at 7 o'clock at the East Campus. It's free. And it's for people with hurts, habits, hang-ups. And I've seen that they provide tools, accountability, mentors to help people walk out of their pain. What if you chose to reconcile? What if you could live without that weight? What if you could do, as the scripture says, as far as it depends on me, I'm going to live at peace with all people. I want to try. Because that's what Jesus did. And that's what he's calling me to do. I want to pray for you. God, it blows our minds that you would want to reconcile with us. Because we are sinful people. And we do the same things over and over again. And we hurt you sometimes intentionally, unintentionally, just by the way we live, the things we say, even the things we think. But you love us. 
And you sent Jesus to the cross to die for us. So Lord, I pray for the person here today that's never understood that. That all their sins, all their mistakes could be reconciled at the cross, paid in full, forgiven. To what Jesus did. Then Lord, I pray for us today that are carrying a story of hurt. Lord, I pray that you, they hear your spirit say reconcile, forgive. And Lord, we start a journey of that today. Of where we say, if it's, if it's possible, as far as it depends on me, I'm going to live in peace with everybody. I'm going to drop this weight. Lord, I pray for next steps to be taken to go to counseling or to talk to someone or to go to celebrate recovery, but to start down this journey. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to speak with someone about the message you just heard, or if you would like to pray with someone, send us an email at info at eastridge.church. If you feel led to support the ministry at Eastridge, please visit eastridge.church give. Thank you for your generosity. Remember, no matter where you are in life, God loves you. We love you. And you have a family at Eastridge Church.